Hello and welcome to another episode of the I Am A Health Vista podcast. I'm Jenny and I'm Amy and today we are, thought we'd have a bit of a chat about umbilical granulomas. Yes. So umbilical granulomas are something which I think I first saw when I was in children's A&E. Um, <laughs> we have parents quite anxious and concerned about them because they look quite nasty don't they yeah they do look a bit kind of unusual and I think parents get very anxious about them but obviously as health visitors we see them all the time yeah um so very common the most common umbilical abnormality if you call it an abnormality I suppose it is an abnormality, isn't it? Because it's it's not the normal. Um, So it occurs, it's notable after the cord has come off. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe in the first few days of life. Yeah, so I think the the typical age for a cord falling off is um, around the eighth day. Oh, wow, that late, yeah. Yeah, which, yeah, is quite late, isn't it? And it certainly can be earlier than that, obviously. Although I have done new birth visits where the cord is still intact. It seems to be, especially if they've had a really big cord, it makes sense that it takes longer to dry out and fall off and things. So the cord usually separates on by the eighth day and the stump dries and heals within two weeks. Yeah. And typically, so a granuloma, it has quite a pink, almost wettish look about it, doesn't it? yeah. And I think that can be worrying because immediately we think of bits of us that are looking pink and wet as being quite sore. Yeah, and it looks almost like of, a wound, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to say that it isn't. It no. is actually, it's not really. It, babies wiggle and things when you're trying to look at them, but more because you're having to often put a bit of pressure around the belly button to make the granuloma sort of pop out Out, as it were and it's more that that sensation of touching and things and generally with new babies are kind of a bit of a bit wriggly anyway yeah they're they're kind (laughs) of generally it's a sorry were you poking me there my mouth is up here I want more milk (laughs) yeah Yeah. tummy button no use to me um so yeah I think um they look a bit kind of alarming for parents but the main thing to do as a health visitor is to reassure them that this is a really normal you know lots of babies experience experience it. yeah. it's not it's not a problem it's not anything that's going to last a long time and there's a very simple treatment which we're going to talk about yes so I mean back in the day in A&E I remember he- or assisting um doctors yeah. applying um silver nitrate yeah to the site and, and I think even quite recently you know oh, there's yeah, still yeah. GPs I'm sure that are doing silver definitely, nitrate treatment for granuloma whereas actually it's much more simple and especially if as a health visitor you are happy that it is definitely a, a granuloma. It's something you can recommend yourself. Um, you've found um, information on it on the IHV website. Yeah, yeah. As ever, the IHV being a brilliant source of information for all things health visiting. And they have both a parent's tips sheet, the free ones that you can just download without being a member um, from the website. They have a really simple kind of parent's tips sheet that just highlights what they are. It's very, very short, not to worry about them and, you know, recommended treatment very briefly. And then they also have a good practice points for health visitors sheet, which is slightly more detailed yeah. um, and we will link to both of these in yeah. the blurb yeah it's probably I would say aside from reading the individual studies which when I did a bit of reading about this I did find you know a good few 
quite recent actually studies that have been done um, on different types of treatment for granuloma and um, RCTs and so on. So you obviously can read individual studies, but I think is the best summary of it that's yeah. out there, you know, rather than getting bogged down in the individual studies Definitely. is the IHV sheets are much more accessible. Yeah. Um, so the treatment that we can recommend rather than um, silver nitrate is um, just normal table salt. So you can use an a topical application just on the uh, the granuloma itself yeah. of a small amount of table salt. So they actually describe it as a pinch, don't they? So it's really not much at all. Yeah, so it's just a pinch of to- table salt um, covered with a clean piece of gauze and left for up to 30 minutes, um, and that's twice a day. Yeah. And the important thing is to rinse it off with some sort of lukewarm water afterwards well you don't want the salt staying on no yeah um and i'm guessing that the salt has sort of an osmotic effect and mm, exactly. calls the fluid out yeah yeah that's exactly what it is um so i mean when we can talk about making sure it is definitely granuloma i mean the, the only other sort of tummy defect i can really think of um, that I see a lot of are uh, umbilical hernias, yes, which yeah. obviously have quite a different appearance. Yeah. They're quite um, they're sort of the fleshy, you know, the lump almost behind the belly button, yeah. rather than anything actually that has had direct contact with the the cord with the stump. Yeah, um, and obviously the thing with a hernia is it's protruding. Um, whereas a granuloma, often you have to look for it. You, yes. know, you have to almost, like you say, push on slightly, apply a bit of pressure around the edge of the. <laughs> And then, button, pop. and then out it pops. <laughs> yeah. A hernia, the very nature of it is that it's popping out without yes. you having to do that. Yeah. Is there anything else that we should be aware of that um, it could potentially be that we need to... Uh... So, yes, I had never heard of this until I was looking into this. So I do think it's an important thing for people to be aware of. On the Good Practice Points for Health visitors on the um, IHV, it talks about two rare conditions um, that kind of would cause like a, a little polyp on the umbilical right. area um, and I looked them up then because of this and the the two things are an, a uracal anomaly which is kind of a bladder communication issue um, or a veto intestinal duct anomaly right. um, and essentially what they are is where obviously the umbilicus in utero has been connected to both the bladder and the bowel ah uh, yeah if that connection post birth hasn't quite separated off properly then you can be left with some leakage of fluid from from the umbilical I see. site and so i'm guessing with the very connection to the the bladder or the intestine you'd be expecting a lot of leakage it would be More. something which even if you didn't immediately recognize what it was you would be concerned that it could potentially be an yeah. infection or something that really needed yeah, quite urgent assessment. review. Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, I don't think healthers need to worry about it too much, you know, feel nervous about not diagnosing a granuloma because the vast, vast, vast majority of what we see in practice is a granuloma and most health visitors would be able to say, I know that's a granuloma, yes. I've seen it lots of times, yeah. I know what one looks like. Um, and the thing to bear in mind here is that it's if the granuloma isn't resolving... Um, you would want to be referring that anyway. So any if you're making a piece of advice to any family to say, 
um, try an application of salt and you've given them advice on how to do that you would say the longest they would want to be doing that for is five days Mm -hmm. typically minimum of two days before you would expect to see any improvement but then between two and five days you'd expect it to be resolving if after five days so a week later if it's still not gone as a health visitor, you would want to be referring that family into the GP um, for an assessment anyway. So this, you know, excessive leakage that was going on and not not resolving would mm-hmm. want a further assessment yeah. anyway. And I'm guessing as well, you know, the, the, the sort of the regular things that you'd be thinking apply. So if the site looks inflamed, exactly. if it's yeah. gunky, if there's an offensive smell... Yeah then you would again be advising CGP rather than using the yeah. salt water. Although you might want to say to them in the meantime, if it's crusting or anything, while they're waiting to see the GP, mm. a bit of um, salt in water to help clean the site. Although yeah. I think the evidence shows even regular tap water would be fine in case like that, just to try and keep the site clean at mm. least. Mm. I mean, I think, um, yeah, so just to kind of reiterate what you would actually do, you put just a pinch of salt on the granuloma itself, cover that um, up with a clean gauze dressing, um, and then you would wash it off for about after 30 minutes later you would rinse it off with cool boiled water yeah um just to make sure it gets rid of all that salt and they do recommend as well trying to do it even while um baby's sleeping yes just yeah. so that make they it easier stay still <laughs> yeah because you have to hold the gauze over the site um for i think they say between 10 and 30 minutes but no more than 30 minutes um and obviously doing that you're going to want to be the baby if the baby's sleeping that's going to make your life a lot easier yes definitely <laughs> well also in the ajr even if they're right you can hold them in your arms it's, you can it's done yeah. at an age where they they're not too mobile and things no, definitely um and i'm just really glad in a way that there is an alternate to silver nitrate because yeah. i think there have been a few instances there have been quite nasty yeah. burns i mean we see they it have, as yeah. a quite innocent kind of pen looking thing i remember my mum using one on my brother's Veruca's and things. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and it just, and it, it, it is that thing where you can actually have, there have been some instances of really uh-huh. serious bends, and especially around the stomach, around, I mean, I, I think I heard of a case as well where it was recommended by a um, fa- family were from overseas and maternal grandfather who lived overseas was a paediatrician mm. and recommended them using silver nitrate on mm. um, something around the bottom Ooh, and gosh. causing quite nasty burns around the oh, bottom dear. even and it was like oh, I can't thing. it's that sort of thing where you think why yeah. <laughs> why did they oh, poor thing. But, yeah and I think um the whole of the IHV sheets you know they talk about how this kind of treatment has emerged and it came following a critical incident review which was where there was widespread burns um after silver nitrate had been used kind of inappropriately um and i guess the point they're making is that it's uh expensive it's more invasive it requires specialist intervention you know it has to be done in a clinic you know and you have to be careful to protect the area around the exactly i think it's that thing as well where with anything and this is what we need to sort of explain to parents who may be a bit like oh well i know of silver nitrate being used previously yeah why can't we use silver nitrate it's that thing of saying well albeit a small number of cases but this has caused harm this yeah. is something which it takes an, a mi- a tiny slip and you're causing damage unnecessarily to healthy tissue yeah whereas with the salt yeah it, you're not going to cause any harm. no one yeah yeah it's not going to cause any harm it is just regularly available 
I think it's about using the lowest amount of invasion that you need exactly. to to actually get the effective exactly. treatment, isn't it? And I think, I guess the only other question um, that I can think parents would want to know is I can imagine parents feeling quite anxious about using salt on it because of the way it appears. You know, it does look like an open wound, even though it isn't. Yeah. And so for health visitors to kind of be able to reassure parents that it's not painful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, yeah, I was trying to look to see if there's a good link to... um, anything on youtube regarding it and there weren't mm. any videos of the treatment of it but i know from um, parents who have used it that mm. there wasn't any harm and again it's that thing where you know it's that presumption that we have when we see that they are painful to touch yeah when actually they're they're, they're not, not painful mm. to touch it's just that need they need to try out and things yeah so so hopefully you know that's how to kind of identify a granuloma um, reassurance you can give to parents around it, how it, it can be treated, and we'll give the links to the IHV good practice points. Yes, and the parents' and the information parent as well. Yeah, on on our podcast blog. Yeah. it's one of those. It's a useful one because I mean, obviously, you're not going to want to be carrying sheets about umbilical granulomas around no. with you because it might not be something you come across that often. No, and it's always a classic thing where you think, "Oh, great, I'll be prepared and I'll carry these around in my bag." And by the time you meet a parent who you need to share that information with. It's so tacky it's, that you yeah, can't hand it out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's that embarrassment thing. So actually, it might be a good one to have saved on your phone or something if yeah. you've got a work mobile. And then actually, when you're with a parent, you can actually text them the link to it so that Perfect. they've then got that straight away. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's a presumption I've got, but I just feel like parents are more willing these days to access information on their phones or yeah, tablets. I think they and so actually are. by sending the information in that format to them, I think they're more likely to kind of say, oh, yeah, hang on, and actually read it through. Yeah, leaflets get lost so easily, don't they? Definitely, yeah. It's too easy to hide them under a pile, whereas actually if it's there on their phone as they're browsing through messages and things, then uh, it yeah. might be read more widely. Exactly. Well, thank you very much. I think that's kind of a good overview. Is there anything you think we've missed about umbilical granulomas and salt? No, no, I think we've covered it pretty well. If you can think of something, or if you're a paediatrician and you thought my um, discussion or description of bladder communication and bowel communication was completely off base then please feel free to send us an email <laughs> i don't like the way you always want people to get in touch with negative things um if you also if you thought the episode was useful please do also feel free to send us an email i just want people to be able to tell us if we've got something wrong that's what it True. is i know i know and it's good to do that and good to be open <laughs> open to that level of communication but um at the same time... Yeah, positive stuff as well would be great. Yeah, we're trying to encourage helpers <laughs> not to beat themselves up. This is true. Okay, so um, always, as ever, lovely to hear from you. You can get us on Visitor at gmail.com or on Twitter at IamAHV. Smaller names so that there's more room for you to write a message. <laughs> <laughs> um, get in touch with us. We always enjoy hearing from you. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.